position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite. The deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, welcome to episode number 251 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, being recorded for you on this Saturday, August 17th, 2019, at 17.26pm Pacific Coast Time, left coast, coast with the most crack engineer, Ivor Molina, over there in the booth, who reminds you that he wants me... Now you listen, and now you listen, for you're going to be a meek little housewife with horn-rimmed spectacles, and you're going to stay away from men and juke joints and booze and pinball machines, and you're going to wear a skirt and low-heeled shoes, and you're going to wear a girdle, and especially a girdle. Yes, thank you, thank you, Ivor, yes, we're never letting you talk again. That was, of course, Ivor from last week's episode, 250th anniversary special. Yeah, Ivor, you're never getting me to give up booze and pinball. Speaking of which, he's holding up the whiskey sign. Mmm, cheers. Drink, 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 drink. Oh, this is fucking ponderous, man. Mm. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. Good. Ivor, you're fired. Mmm. Excellent work. Um, and that would make it, of course, for our sequel friends, 2019, 08, 17, 16, 27 PM, Pacific Coast time. I one ping only, Vasily. Um, one ping only. 
they're vying distance to target. I don't know why all of a sudden I am a Nazi um, when I should be Russian. Anyway, moving on straight to our top stories this week. Uh, first thing I want to talk about, by the way, our feature this week is all about No Man's Sky. Humongous new release that dropped this week. Um, we're calling it No Man's Sky Beyond uh, Rocky Linux release, but it is, well, well, we'll get to that when we get to it. It is a big topic. It's whatever. It's what the internet's all about. Oh, all the kids are all about. Oh, I'm Richard So, top stories. First thing, um, I, Steam VR and, uh, and a lot of games that run on Steam VR, for me at least, all got tons of updates this week, and so I didn't have VR for like two days. Uh, it was the first, um, breakage or outage or whatever that I've experienced with Steam VR that was at all significant. Um, and it was a minor hiccup in comparison to the endless, endless pain that, uh, I used to have with, um, the HTC Vive. And I think that's just due to the base stations. But, um, I, cause I think that the base stations for the index are vastly superior. And that's, but that's like saying that, um, that's like saying that it's like saying that a Corvette is vastly superior to a a kick scooter. Um, I mean, because you know, my vibe was really just like constant pain. But anyway, the I did have problems with the Valve Index this week, and I, I thought that was notable. Um, it was only like for thirty hours that I, I had problems. Uh, and everything is fixed now. It uh, would uh, it it would it would it would appear as such that everything is fixed now. This will be a thing that we'll come back to later. But I've gotten to play a lot of Pavlov VR this week. Uh, not as much as I would like. I try to make time to play um, at least two hours during every day uh, of virtual reality games because I've got a ton to go through um, and. I mean, Pavlov VR is just fucking amazing. It's one of the most amazing video games I've ever played in my entire life. It is absurd. And once you get good at it, like, and I'm getting pretty good at it, it is incredibly rewarding. Um, I discovered this week the miracle of weapon modifications, uh, i.e. hollow sights, uh, scopes, and silencers. Um, None of which I've actually been able to use in real combat yet, but uh, I've gotten very good at the range, and I can unload and reload a deagle in under two seconds, which is basically the gold standard. Uh, hang on a second. Um, which is really the gold standard for how fast you need to be in game conditions to reload every weapon, which is difficult because, like, certain weapons have slides that are on different parts of the gun, different sides of the gun. You have to know exactly where they are. I can reload an M16 in under three seconds. I can uh, reload a MP5 in under three seconds. I can reload uh, a Deagle in under three seconds. I can reload uh, 1911 in about four seconds. Anyway, it is a skill that you learn f- for each gun and then how to bring back, bring your aim back up. Um, and it's just amazing. But 
Throughout this process, I've spent a lot of time thinking about what the limits of VR are going forward. And right now, so there's some problems with, my, and this is not the, the entire subject of the, in fact, we have other games that we're going to talk about that are not VR games, and No Man's Sky is not necessarily a VR uh, title either, but we'll get to that later. Um, but I did, want to, I did want to mention that, so I was thinking about what is holding VR back in the future, and Vigilant Viking and I, and a couple of other people actually this week, ended up just synchronistically having this conversation. Um, you know, other people brought it up to me, not me bringing it up to other people. And I, I thought that was interesting. And so, basically, the, the things that I see over the next two years, what I would like from VR, virtual reality, especially from the Valve Index, because it is the finest virtual reality uh, kit overall, I would say, because the Knuckles controllers are just far and away better than anything else that is that I've ever even imagined really. I mean, I'm sure they eventually will come up with something that's better than the Knuckles controllers, but for right now, there is nothing better than the Knuckles controllers. They are fantastic. The headset's a little finicky. Like, it's hard to find the sweet spot inside the headset with all the settings that you're able to configure, and I wish that there had been a better tutorial for how to properly affix the headset to your fucking head. Um, but there, there's, you know, you do a little bit of Googling and you'll find it. And so, but once you find the sweet spot, it's pretty easy to pop on and off. And the best thing about the headset is that you can actually let it ride on your forehead very easily. Um, unlike some other headsets, it feels very secure, even when it's just like, you know, kind of just tilted up at your ceiling on your forehead. Um, but so I started thinking about, and so my two, my three biggest wishes for VR over the next two years in in regards to the Valve Index, at least, um, are that it comes down in the next two years, that's eight fiscal quarters more or less, masa menos. Um, depending on what's going on with the economy, my biggest thing that I would like to see from VR going forward is it to come down by half in price. The full Steam VR kit with two base stations, two Knuckles controllers, headset, and the cabling, which we'll get to in a moment. If it came down by half, so that's, you know, 250 bucks a year, which is a very ambitious thing, but this technology is evolving so quickly. The biggest barrier to that is the display, I think. Um, but as more people get into the virtual reality headset market in terms of manufacturers and as the supply chain solidifies and becomes, you know, coalesces, you know, kind of like how commercial capitalism was born, like, you know, in, in uh, Italy during the Renaissance and stuff, like with the Medicis, um, as the supply chains coalesce, as the uh, manufacturers who are good at things and who are bad at things and who are cheapest at things and who are fastest at, at things, uh, come together and as engineers uh, become more and more interested in engineering for VR I'm talking about like, you know, electrical engineers you know, designers I'm talking about designers of hardware um, I think that the cost will come down drastically my corollary to that my so like, my that's my first wish over the next two years, I would love to see it come down by 250 bucks each year so that it's half the cost, because if if this were five hundred dollars, everyone would have one. Everyone who is not fucking, you know, just starvation broke would have one. Because like, I mean, you can put together five hundred bucks in like six months, 
you know, even if you're like really, you know, if you like you're a student or whatever, if if you really put your mind to it, you can put together five hundred bucks over six months, maybe a year. Um, and this is an investment that's worth five hundred bucks. It is fantastic. I mean, it's amazing. And I've been very impressed with just the the overall quality and everything. But anyway, so the corollary to that is that by virtue of these, you know, uh, efficacy, the, the, these uh, efficiencies and consolidation of of you know capital and supply chains and etc. and formalization of the technology towards like informal standards, um, in terms of like the way you know developers actually make their games. Uh, for Steam VR and stuff, my my second my, my 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 corollary to that biggest hope is that alongside of that, that the technology actually gets better um, as it becomes cheaper, which normally is kind of how these things work over the last you know five years. Like um, in terms of modern computing, that's pretty much how everything has worked. It's gone better and cheaper. Mm. I apologize for that noise there. So I would like I like it half as expensive and twice as good, which you know that's like normally. Hang on, what the fuck? Just do not no. Just don't disturb the fuck. Fucking stupid goddamn fucking phone. Hang on. I mean, what part of do not disturb do you not under fucking stand? Jesus Christ. Okay, so. Third thing, though, and this was kind of the epiphany that I had, and I know this is going to sound stupid, but it's really true. The third thing, the second thing that I would really like to see in two years for VR on Linux is for the headset to be cableless. Because I think that overall, this is the biggest thing that is holding VR back, especially now with the Knuckles controllers. Because the Knuckles controllers allow you to actually do locomotion with smooth turning and, you know, smooth, you know, like actually like, you know, first person shooter style locomotion. And since we can't have like a treadmill that runs in all directions and at the proper anticipatory speed for how fast you want to run, and that would be if like the only thing you did was run in the game. Um, I don't see a better form of locomotion. I cannot stand teleporting unless I'm in a museum game. Um, I need to be able to do first-person shooter-style locomotion, and it's never been better than it is with the two analog sticks on the Knuckles controller. So what I want to see next, the biggest barrier, I think, to widespread adoption of VR um, to your average household, average, you know, American household or whatever, is something that I was talking to Vigilant Viking about, and I think it's something that I, I... I created this this on the show in the rundown for this show specifically so I could talk about this issue because I don't think it's something that many people address. Running any sort of virtual reality setup is fundamentally limited by one factor that almost no one considers before they get into it. I mean, even well, I considered it before I bought my first virtual reality headset, and then I definitely considered it before I bought my second, because I went from the uh, Oculus Rift SDK 2, because I was developing for it, um, to the Vive. Um, and I, I, and that issue has two components. That issue is space. Physical space for setting up the the system. 
Now, the Valve Index, unlike the Vive, doesn't really require site to site between the two base stations. So you can set them, you're much more, it's a much more liberal and much better and more accurate experience for me at least on my end setting up the valve index base stations especially because they come with little mounts on um which are you know you can unscrew them they're cheap plastic mounts but they will get the job done and they allow you to they have like a gimbal and they allow you to like actually easily just like put it on a bookshelf and then you know you just like angle it the right way otherwise you have to get tripods but then they also have to be within a certain distance of each other. This is for the uh, HEC Vive, not the Valve Index. They have to be within a certain distance of each other. They have to both have line of sight and they have to be at a certain height. And your play area has to be in the middle of that. That is a lot of requirements. And when you think about it and when you get to actually deploying them, you think you're going to make it work or you think you have enough space, even if you've measured, but then you really realize that you don't really have enough space. So that's the that's the other thing. And that's one thing that the Valve Index has gotten really good at. Um, the tracking isn't quite as tight as it was on the HTC Vive. In general, it depends on the game. Like, it's very game dependent. Um, but the it's so easy to set up the base stations and you can turn a smaller workspace into a virtual reality setup using the Valve Index than you can if you were to use the HTC Vive. Now, the reason why this matters is because I don't know anyone who has like a house that's like has a living room as big as mine. And that means that if you wanted to, of any of my friends, I can't think of a single person who really has enough space to run a full virtual reality setup. But even beyond that, even if they do have enough space like in their living room, that would mean they would have to take their computers out of their office. They'd have to buy a new computer because no one wants to do the computing that they get to do in their office or whatever, being forced to do that work stuff in the living room just to have the fucking virtual reality. I mean, it's something I would do, but I live alone and, you know, blah, 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 blah. So this comes with a corollary as well. And this is the biggest improvement I, I really would like to see. The biggest limitation to, to virtual reality right now, and this is across all headsets and everything going forward, especially with the Valve Index, is the giant cable sticking out the back of your head. I would love it if the, if it was like a, if the headset were as small and light as virtual reality is depicted in uh, the world of um, first person drone racing or freestyling either or um but i don't think that's practical and that doesn't require actual like jacking into a video card or whatever that's just a camera that's actual video from the real world so that's a different animal altogether i'd love it if that's what the headset looked like but the biggest thing is it's not it's it's not really about the cable it's that the cable makes you afraid to do a lot of shit even though the cable for the Vive or for the for the uh, Valve Index is like it's like six meters long, it's like you know twenty feet. It is long, and it's good. It's well made. Like you don't have to worry about hurting the headset, which is a big thing that you have to worry about with the with the Vive with any headset actually, other than uh, the Index. The Index is probably the least is the most worry free that I've experienced. But you can't turn around three three hundred sixty degrees, even if you know you're 
standing up, even if you have all the room in the world. And I don't have all the room in the world. This is a constant issue for me because I have to make, I have to trick Valve, I have to trick Steam VR into believing that my play space is much bigger than it is to actually play Gorn. And that's dangerous because there are, there, there's like shit that I can hit. Like all the monitors, like four monitors in front of my computer. My chandelier, um, my walls, I, there are drinks I can spill. But I, but if I had a wireless headset, I could actually take the VR away from the computer. I could put it in the middle of my living room. Instead, I'm, I'm in the back of my living room right now. Anyway, those three things, I think. So, you know, half as expensive, twice as good, and cut the cord. That will open up virtual reality to like a revolution the likes of which I think we will see over the coming years depending on what the economy does so with that rant out of the way I know that was a long way to go for just a little bit of a rant but those are three things and I don't think anyone adequately thinks about really For I don't, I don't mean like anyone like individual consumer I mean like I don't think anyone who like is analyzing the market for virtual reality and stuff um really takes into account how limited the actual space is for room-scale virtual reality in your average American household. I mean, like, if you live in an apartment, I think you're fucked. Unless it's going to take over your entire life, which it will, because it's that good and it's that much fun. Um, You just need to find the right game, and for me, it happened to be Pavlov VR. I mean, it is amazeballs. And then there are games that you can play while seated, like Moss. You know, all the stuff that we covered in last week's episode. So, Ivor, based him with the new and noteworthy, and then we'll get to our feature, all about the rocky release of No Man's Sky Beyond, their major release from uh, Hello Games, uh, a beloved title uh, and franchise in this uh, in this year's show. Based him with it, Ivor! Attack! <laughs> I was a North American fall when were in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. So in our new and noteworthy, uh, I did promise, you know, a non-VR. And of course, No Man's Sky does not necessarily require VR. Um, Ion Maiden was released in early access, I guess, like maybe nine months ago, maybe a year ago. Um, I got to play it via Proton as soon as Proton dropped. I'm pretty sure. I It's been in early access for a long time and it was a demo um, and then it was a pre-purchase and it was 20 bucks. and the pitch for Ion Maiden was that it was the first game made using exclusively uh, 3D Realms' build engine which is the engine that they used to design the inimitable Duke Nukem 3D, one of the greatest first-person shooters of all time, and absolutely an un- unbelievable game engine at the time. Because, like, it had destructible environments, it had, like, when you got to the end of that game and you are playing inside the earthquake and buildings are splitting apart, and oh, I mean, it was just unfucking believable And, uh, great fun. Fantastic fun. So Ion Maiden is do not confuse it on the surface it looks like pixel trash it looks like just like a a kishi homage to that you know blah. no this is a fully they spent like years 
on this game, by the way, like a team of professional fucking developers spent years on this game is Void Point and uh, 3D Realms. They revived the build engine for this game to make a new blast them up on par with Duke Nukem and so what you have is an interesting hybrid this is not a review by the way but anyway so I beat the demo I guess like maybe 4 months ago something like that it's like a 4 hour demo it was a long demo or a long first campaign in early access I can't remember but if you bought it in early access then you have it now that's the point and this week Ion Maiden which you may not have heard about hit its finished release, its 1.0 release uh, in doing so, due to, I think I, this is my suspicion, due to problems with licensing, with Epic and etc, and their fucking pointless war with Steam, like I don't know why they, why the fuck, anyway I, you know, I don't like to talk about shit like that on this show cause it's like, eh, well if they don't want to come on board, then fuck them you know, like, what am I going to do? I'm going to sit here and do the, if only they came to Linux, best Linux games park. No. I mean, sometimes, like, you know, maybe once every other year we do an episode that's kind of like that. But no, I'm not going to sit and bitch and moan and focus on the negative. Focus on the positive. Anyway, the bottom line is this. If you hadn't heard that Ion Maiden had come out of early access uh, release and into full release this week, you can be forgiven because they changed the name as they came out of early access. They it is now called Ion Fury. And Ion Fury is uh $24.99. It's a huge. Looks like it's huge. I've only played 2 hours of it. Um it's the full game. It's 1.0. And I su- I think it has support for Steam Workshop. There is no multiplayer. It is blah. Now if you take a look at it, do not be confused because like at first blush, it looks like another pixel trash Kishi homage to this old era. No, this was made by professional developers from that era using the build engine, trying to exploit it for everything that they can in a blast up that is legitimately, legitimately super fun. Um, even on its own. Like, you could give it different graphics and it would still be just as fun. It's kind of interesting to see, again, uh, two-dimensional sprites representing uh, characters and items, p- pickups and uh, weapons, p- pickups pickups and, and enemies. Excuse-, Excuse me, I got the hiccups all of a sudden. More whiskey! Aye, Ivor! But the game is a fast-paced, rollicking, swashbuckling, uh, sound bitey. Like you know, she. You're listening to Kitties, KTIT, home of the breast, uh, the best music in the yellow. Uh, she's got all sorts of you know witty little riffs like that. Most of them stolen from Die Hard. It would appear actually. As Yippee motherfucker. Quarterback is toast. Uh, an arsenal of um interesting weapons, although. I'm only at the beginning of the game. I'm only two hours in. It seems like the weapons in the demo were better than the weapons in the actual game. And I remember, I seem to remember there being the ability to customize this shit, but it's not there yet in the final release. I don't know if I'm misremembering, and there's no way for me to test because I can't go back to Ion Maiden, the demo. It's it's all gone. It's one of the shitty things about 
having Steam in control of your library. But it's a thing I'm, it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. So Ion Maiden is now Ion Fury. It's $24.99. And no, that's not on sale. It's just blah. It is, everyone who's played it seems to really like it. I really enjoy it. Um, so far, it's not as good as Duke Nukem 3D. And in a lot of ways, so far, it's not as good as the demo. In fact, it's more difficult than the demo and a little more frustrating than the demo, um, which is weird because I thought that the demo would just be kind of like the start of the game, but whatever. We will hear more. Keep watching the space. But if you like Duke Nukem 3D, you will, you're almost certain to really like Ion Maiden. Um, if not for the nostalgia and flashback, you know, uh, pixel trash, you know, blah, this is so great, this reminds me of my childhood kind of shit, then solely for the gameplay, because it is a blaster. I mean, it is a blaster. What the fuck was that other game? Oh, that was Ion Maiden. That was the demo. That was the demo that I was just thinking of. It's like a cross between Duke Nukem 3D and, um, some of the more puzzle like elements in terms of like navigation and pathfinding from uh uh this is high praise indeed from um dark forces like the prison escape stuff like there's complicated geography that like you, know, you can go multiple different ways and blah, blah blah but you still just kill them all and there's not really much of a story cyberpunk in the far flung future you're a chick they ruin your drink at a bar by blowing it up and you go on a killing spree. So that's Ion Maiden. Also known as Ion Fury. That's what it's now known as. You can't find Ion Maiden anymore, I don't think. Alright, cool. Now that brings us to this week's feature based on what the feature I wore. They'll never suspect it. Who do you think? Oh my god. It's Bolivian. Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scookie. Bolivian. So, if you've been listening to this podcast for any of the five years now, yeah, this October will be five years. Um that we've been doing the show, you know that I came to No Man's Sky late by virtue of the fact that it didn't run on Linux until Proton dropped. And by the time Proton dropped, literally the same week, I want to say, that Proton dropped its first release inside of Steam, that was the week that they dropped what veterans of the game from before when I started playing regard as the the update that fixed everything. It took them two years to fix everything in the game and it and uh, the first year they didn't like have any updates and the second year they waited, they took a whole fucking year and then they pushed out this update that completely fixed everything with the game. Now why does this matter? Well I never got to play the game when it sucked. I've read countless reviews of when it sucked. The fact that they went off half-cocked with No Man's Sky, which, by the way, in case you've never heard of it, is one of the best games that I've ever played. Ever. Absolutely one of the most ambitious, uh, completely brought to fruition. It is a space exploration game, adventure game, craftum survival game, um, all procedurally generated, procedurally generated creatures, procedurally generated planets, procedurally generated geography locations, 
uh, uh, solar systems and galaxies. I'm on my third universe. I've been in the game three times. So, and I've logged 300 hours in it. It's one of my favorite games ever made. But, I only got to start playing it after the major update that everyone else had waited for two years for, for to be released. You see, because they kickstarted this game uh, back in the day and they exceeded their funding and the, the three core things that, that they promised were that it would be multiplayer, online multiplayer. Oh, by the way, the game is far-flung space exploration in a first or third person perspective with survival, combat, mining, hunting, gathering, uh, technological research, and it is unbelievable the exploration you can do in this game. There's never been a game more focused on exploration than um, No Man's Sky. I have flown to thousands of planets. I have named hundreds. I've, I've named thousands of species. I have named hundreds of planets. I have named hundreds of solar systems. Um, all of them different. And when you break through the atmosphere, you're just flying. Like you can just that's the greatest thing about the game. Like it is like you jump in your ship and there's no loading screen or anything. You take off, there is no loading screen. You're flying, there is no loading screen. You point up at the sky and you break through the atmosphere and you're in outer space and there is no loading screen. You summon your freighter, your capital ship, and you land there. There is no loading screen. You get out of your ship, there is no loading screen. You go and do some shit on the ship, there is no loading screen. You go and Go, you go back to your ship, you get back in, you go to another planet or you warp and there is no loading screen, there is no loading screen, there is no loading screen. So you get this amazing and every planet that I've been to is different. Every single fucking one of them. Some of the, Many of them share similar characteristics. All of them are 100% unique. All of the species um, are not exactly 100% unique, but they are technically 100% unique. Thousands of species I've named and discovered and minerals that I've, you know, blocked. So that's what the game is like. Now, so back to the history of the game. So they kickstarted it and they made three key promises. One was Linux support and they didn't launch with that. <laughs> the other was multiplayer support and they didn't launch with that and it, and they added it after a year and it was so broken that it just pissed everyone off even more after making them wait a year for something so broken. Um, and there were other problems with the game. It had stability issues, it had performance issues, and uh, it didn't run on Linux. But it kickstarted like from zero to one hundred thousand times, you know, whatever the amount of money they wanted to be able to make it uh, within like a week. Then three years go by while they develop the fucking game, and everyone gets pissed off and impatient. Then they announce it's going to be on Steam. Something like three years. It was like, you know, a year and a half, two years. It took a long time to develop it. And then they spit it out, and they were not particularly communicative developers from... It depends on who you talk to. So they spit out the game. The game is terrible. In its initial 1.0 release form, it was terrible. Everyone hated it. And because everyone had paid money into the Kickstarter for it, everyone was furious at this game that it that it didn't have multiplayer, that it was so buggy, 
had such stability issues, had such performance issues, um, and it didn't have all the features that they wanted, and you know, blah, 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 blah. And this was a perfect storm. This is how not to release an independent title if you're a one-man or a small team developer, because this is like years ago. So check this out. This is how you not this is how not to do this. Charge 60 bucks for a game that everyone has been waiting for and that tens of thousands of people have kickstarted. Kickstarted. Giving you money for. And so they feel entitled, and rightly so. Do not push out whatever it is that you have just because the pressure is so great to meet a deadline because if you do then this is what happens to you in the first three months of its release those 10,000 people who kickstarter backed it all of them left a negative review on the game inside of Steam it buried No Man's Sky No Man's Sky to this day and this is a topic that I've covered in previous uh, episodes of this podcast, especially go listen to the No Man's Sky episode um, where we reviewed it. Um, to this day, I'm going to go to the store page. Recent reviews, 3,336. That's reviews like in the last two weeks because we'll get, we'll get to there. Um, lifetime all reviews mixed at 108,277. It is one of the most negatively reviewed games that I have seen on Steam because everyone was so angry. And this is one of the ways that you can fuck up. One of the ways that Steam fucks up, their review system is fucked up by virtue of this fact. People do not understand that, that because a game is buggy or whatever doesn't mean that you get to like give it a negative review, review but in this perfect storm scenario where the developers had made everyone wait for two silent fucking years after they paid their money in advance then they shit out this turd everyone is enervated and angry and the rest of the gaming public all wanted to play this game because the promotion was uh the in independent circles this game was so hotly anticipated because it infinite universes to explore and it just looked amazeballs and it promised multiplayer and it didn't deliver on many of these promises and it was fucked up It was, uh, from what I've read it was very fucked up so recently I probably reviewed uh, No Man's Sky either last year or no, yeah, last year uh, so like nine months ago maybe ten months ago, I can't remember I didn't bother to look it up and Ivor didn't either that's why Ivor's fired, he's holding up the whiskey sign though because I need to wet my whistle, one moment So then, well, wait, okay, back to the history. So then everyone who had been waiting for the game, who were just part of the normal gaming public, who did not kickstart it, they all bought it too. And then they were double super stupid pissed, and they all left negative reviews. So this game got, like, destroyed. I mean, destroyed on the Steam Store with negative reviews. So, two years later, something like two years later, this came out in 2016. 
So yeah, so I'm thinking like 2015 or 2014 was when the Kickstarter thing was, and they do the development for two years or a year and a half, something like that. Then last year, 2018, they pushed out, so three years after its initial release, they pushed out a release, an update that they spent a year working on that fixed everything, but no one was interested at that point because it had been like fucking five years for, you know, thousands of people and three years for tens of thousands more, at least 103, 108,000 people were pissed off enough to review this game so they were furious so the game gets buried and no one, no one plays it except for Linux users because the same week that they pushed out that patch was the same week that Proton got released which it, because I still owned a license for No Man's Sky because I held on to it even though it didn't run on Linux I just held on to it hoping that one day it would run because it looked like the most amazing game I'd ever seen and like pursuant to every game that we cover on this show not only do I do my best I can think of on one hand the number of games who for whom I have read any reviews or critical coverage of post-release prior to uh, running my own review or feature on. Sometimes I, th- there's only been like four or five that I've ever looked at any of this stuff beforehand <clears throat> because I want my own critical opinion to be my own critical opinion and uh, stuff. So like if there are happy accents between what I say and what someone else says or whatever then it's better to be able to say I never read anything about the fucking game other than what the company fucking said you know in their Steam store page because uh, that helps to you know, maintain objectivity and, or to also reveal uh, biases. It also, you know, it's full disclosure. It's, you know, that's that's our review process. That's that's our general policy towards games. So, I started playing the game the week that Proton dropped, because it was one of the few games that ran on Proton, and it was unbelievable. I had some problems with it, but went on to play it for 300 fucking hours and beat it three times and it is one of the most amazing games ever and that update added multiplayer and blah 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 so my whole thing to Hello Games in my review of No Man's Sky which came out like last year so it's like brand new review of this big new game and it was a big new game because this game bore no resemblance to the original fucked up brokenware that they originally pushed out but no one cared now because now there was a reputation about No Man's Sky and no one fucking cared. Um, so I bought it for a bunch of people and so my hypothesis was, my whole thing, my whole thesis for my argument to, to Hello Games was you need to drop No Man's Sky by 50% for a week or no, you need to drop it by uh, 75% for a week, have a Steam participate in a Steam Flash week-long sale, so that everyone because everyone knew about this game this is like, you know, nine months ago, six months ago something like that, um, but everyone was afraid of it, and no one wanted to and so everyone's friend of a friend knew about this game, but everyone knew from their friend that the game sucked, because that friend only tried it three years before, and had no idea that the new update fixed everything and it did because I thought it was one of the most flawless games that I've ever played. So they needed to drop it by 75% for one week. And then, following that, so that everyone 
who's everyone's friend would finally buy the game because it's wishlisted by you know tens and tens and tens of thousands of people. Because my whole concern was that they were going to end up having buried one of the greatest games ever made under some of the stupidest developer and publisher decisions in the modern history of independent video gaming. Uh, like a like a fucking object lesson in how not to do this is the way that Hello Games handled No Man's Sky. So then they needed, so that would pick up, you know, like, you know, maybe 20,000 more reviews. Now, those reviews would be positive because at 60 bucks, no one's going to buy a game that everyone says sucks. Like 80,000 people said the game sucked. And it's like right there on the store page. It's impossible to like obviate, to, to, to escape it. You can't escape that reality. And so that meant that a classic title that had been, I mean, like a potentially Hall of Fame, literally like a landmark title in video game history would get played by no one in spite of the fact that the developer spent over a year fixing everything that was wrong and then restoring it to the glory that they promised. They kept their promise ultimately, but no one cared. And especially no one cared at $60 a fucking throw. That's like, you know, the friend of everyone's friend scenario. But the friend of everyone's friend scenario who had still, you know, not listened to their friend and secretly wishlisted the game on their Steam store, you know, client, they keep looking at, you know, No Man's Sky. They're very, it's gotta be like, you know, 15, 20,000 people off the bat. That's gotta be like week one. They're not interested in paying $60 for it because everyone says it sucks. And everyone says multiplayer doesn't work. But all those things don't matter. But no one is reporting that because there's 80,000 negative reviews. And so, like, the most recent reviews don't matter. You see what I'm saying? And no one's going to pay 60 bucks for a game that everyone says sucks. But they will pay 20, maybe 25 bucks for it. So that's a flash sale. That gets you 20,000 fresh new eyeballs into your brand new game that no one knows is actually a brand new game because it, it's still the same title they should just call it No Man's Sky 2 but then they would have had to deal with like who gets No Man's Sky 2 for free and it would have just pissed off their fan base even more so the way that they and it ultimately ended up doing this was like kind of a good way to, but they didn't do that and then what they needed to do after, was after that week they needed to permanently drop the price by 50% take it from 60 bucks to 30 bucks so you introduce 20,000 people who secretly lusted after the game with like the teaser price you get them to play it for a week then maybe a week later maybe so like two weeks later same month then you cut the price by 50% that gives everyone else like you know maybe a hundred hours of time with the game to start posting positive reviews of it because anyone who's played the game since that major update will tell you it is a magnificent game but that's not what they've done with No Man's Sky. No, instead, they left it at 60 bucks, which is just short sighted. I know it's worth more than six, it's worth $180 per license, but it's short sighted because they did not ever. Re- so, three months ago, four months ago, I was looking at No Man's Sky on the Steam store, Steam client, Steam store page. And I, I was pleased to see, because I've been vociferously advocating for this game, you know, ever since I logged 300 hours and posted a review of it on this show. I, because this is a, this is a, this is a potentially Hall of Fame level landmark video game that no one played because it was, its release was so badly mishandled. 
and poor communication to the fan base and you know they were figuring things out you know it's I've been there so that was distressing and I was pleased to see about three four months ago on the Steam Store page that finally the recent reviews had totally skewed towards positive towards very positive actually and that um, all reviews were then mixed finally instead of negative that took them nine months to fucking be able to recover to mixed so thus enter the dragon no man's sky beyond an update that hello games um in reportage that i have read uh and rightly so claims and it appears rightly so because i played it for two hours last night is the size of three updates it is the size of like two and a half years worth of updates in one update it doesn't just fix quality of life issues it doesn't just, it introduces new technology trees um, a new multiplayer mechanic and a new C generate, the whole thing, it's a whole new fucking ball game, has this new thing called the Nexus which is now replaces the space anomaly and that's like where you can actually meet up with anyone who's in your game um, like other players much better system for multiplayer considering that like I tried to play uh, No Man's Sky with uh, Gap and Stance I think two weeks ago in preparation for this and I was trying to show him like some of my uh, best planets and it wouldn't even like let us wouldn't even let him share my teleport locations even though he was a member of my part all this shit all that stuff's gone all that stuff works now theoretically but the biggest promise from No Man's Sky Beyond other than like the bigger better multiplayer with cooperative missions um new missions, new tech trees uh new ships, new technologies new uh characters new quests, a whole new fucking plot line uh that continues off from where you left off um you know new major story campaign you know it's like it's like a sequel it's like a sequel. And this is another mistake that they have made because they should have released this as a sequel. They should have cut their losses and released this as a sequel. Because then they could have started from ground zero. But, no, they didn't do that. And even worse, guess what? No Man's Sky Beyond, which is like, it's not just an update. Like, an update does not do this justice. This completely changes the whole fucking game. Like, when I got into the game, finally, all of my bases were broken. Like, which is fucked up. Like, it sucked, but whatever. Like, and I'm I'm now in the process of repairing. It stripped out all the power sources from all my bases. Because they, they, they changed that aspect of the entire technology system. So I have to learn. I you know It's great. It gives me a, more excuse to play. Unfortunately... Commensurate, or, or uh, whatever you, yeah, commensurate with all of their previous update releases and their major releases of any game in this franchise, which is limited only to the single one, No Man's Sky. But it's really now like three different games, or four if you count the interstitial update from, you know, post early access 
where they added multiplayer and it was just so fucked up that it <laughs> everyone hated it to the two years three years later where they added like the whole new game update that fixed everything but they let everyone hate it for three years it's bad it's bad it's bad design it's bad uh planning poor piss poor planning proper planning remember the six p's proper planning prevents piss poor performance so commensurate with their illustrious history of absolutely Hindenburg demonstration effect caliber rush releases over ambitious in both size, scope, scale, and capabilities and time frame, you'll never believe it, but right now, due to this massive update, which is way bigger than an update, it's bigger than a DLC, it's almost a sequel, in of itself, it just you know, but it's free. It comes you know by the by No Man's Sky, which by the way right now is on sale through August twenty first at fifty percent off twenty nine dollars and ninety nine cents, which is ironic for a reason we'll get to in a moment. You'll never believe it, but oh my god, is it plagued with fucking problems? It's amazing because they got it perfectly prior to this update. They had it perfectly, and they they did a couple of. Um, major releases of new content post that major update that was the first update the same week that Proton dropped that I have only experienced. So I've only had good times with the game. Maso Menos. Um, you'll never believe it, but they've cut the price in half. The word on the street has been explosive about No Man's Sky Beyond for like, you know, two quarters now, for like a year. Like I remember, I remember a year ago. It was like this time last year that someone was like, "Oh, they're working on a lot of stuff for fucking No Man's Sky." Ironically, they pushed it out. It breaks the game for a lot of people. But the biggest, we'll get to that in a moment. But the biggest thing for me was that I had always thought that No Man's Sky, if I could play it in virtual reality, it would be the greatest thing that I'd ever played in my entire life. Well, No Man's Sky Beyond brings full virtual reality to the game. Meaning that, like, in multiplayer, like, your friend doesn't have to have a fucking headset. doesn't matter. The whole game now works in virtual reality. Ostensibly. It does not work for me on Linux, by the way, in virtual reality. Beyond that, I know four people who I've talked to this week post this No Man's Sky Beyond Two of them are Windows users. They can't either... One of them can't get it to run at all. They cannot get it to run. The other one has severe performance issues. Which I also experienced. I experienced unbelievable crippling performance issues. This game used to run flawlessly on the same machine. Same except for like, now I have a virtual reality but I'm not even trying to play it in virtual reality so last night, I got to run outside of virtual reality and then I tweaked a bunch of the video settings and stuff and I had some middling results, like in terms of performance increase, like the game was, it was very, very, frame rate was incredibly low um, when you were flying, it was better when you were on foot, and I had uh, tons of controller issues but eventually I got the game to the point where it was playable and it looked somewhat decent, but it was playable. 
because I, I wanted to just explore the new features and stuff, and that's when I discovered that my bases all lacked power now. They stripped out all of the um, all the reactors that I had built. All that shit's gone. Um, but it, it, it does... It did remember my bases. It also took away all my landing pads on all my bases, which kind of sucked because it's now they've been, I guess, because they've been moved over to a different aspect of the tech tree or something. I don't understand. I'll know more. I Anyway, so I got two hours of the game in me last night with it being playable. It was still, still does not look anywhere near as, it still looked it didn't look as super pretty as it used to, but more noticeable was like the performance issues which make no sense like why is it so hard but other people oh and then the only reason why I stopped playing it last night was the game hard crashed on me after two hours in one session I was very impressed with the new stuff I checked out uh, the Nexus and uh hooked up with uh, Priest Entity Nada again and uh, Polo again um, and I'm looking forward to rebuilding my stuff again but here's the deal Hello Games and here's the deal for all of you Linux users and otherwise who have either lusted lustily after No Man's Sky like I and RKSer um, and Gap and Stance and myself and lots of other people have been me in particular lusting after the virtual reality aspect of it, which I feel confident is so close to working it just seems to crash right after um, it brings up the virtual reality compositor it seems like it's just something is not firing right there, it just seems like something is just not firing, it it seems like it might be a simple fix, might be, might not be I have no idea, to be honest because with, with Hello... Hello Games and No Man's Sky, it is anyone's guess, but here's the ultimate irony. Oh, RKS are just fucking <laughs> sent me a fucking message on Discord. Here's the ultimate irony, though. They dropped the price now through August 21st, so for the next four days, that includes this the remainder of this weekend. <laughs> for a game that they now purport to have VR support, which I've read nothing but complaints about I'm not talking because I, I, I was trying to fix it for VR I spent a lot of time on this and I couldn't get it to work in VR I could just it will not work on Linux in VR so but I, I had to read a lot of help forums and stuff people who are running it on Windows can't get it to work in VR they can get it to work but it's like five frames a second in VR shit like that so that's one feature that they promised that many, 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 I'd say 75% of people uh, who have bought the game or are revisiting the game for the first time now with an open mind due to the fact that time doesn't may not heal all wounds but does kind of paper them over and etc. Well, all of them were disappointed. That's 75% I would say. And they dropped the price to 20. So they attracted new people for to piss off with more broken content. Now, continuing, it is buggy as fuck, and it is finicky, and the, 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 it is a software problem. It is not a hardware problem. It's not my end. There are people, there have been reports, I read a thread last night, there are people who are running two, 2080 Ti video cards who are experiencing the same unthinkably awful performance issues and et cetera as other people. 
I was just glad I could get the performance to kind of work. But other people will not be. And dropping the price in half for another shitty release means that you bring in, and this is how many people they brought in recently over the last, you know, 10 days, 3,336 people, some of 60% of which are positive, last 30 days. 63% of the 3,336 user reviews in the last 30 days are positive. That is not good. That means 40% of people, and that would generally be new players, enticed by the promise of either VR or the fact that everything now finally works and now it is also half-priced, are now getting fisted with this game that does not work which only pisses them off more and feeds into the mixed reviews. Now, here's the good news. I will tell you this. So, since this game dropped, um, since the update dropped, which was August 15th, so two days ago, um, there have been, I want to say, three or four hot fixes and mini updates that have been pushed, none of which to many fan to much fanfare on their um on their Steam store page or their documentation. I haven't looked at the readme or I haven't looked at the uh change log or anything um this week. But I, I have been very attuned and aware to the updates for this game. And they haven't just been shader cache updates. They've been like updates. So they're working on this. They're working on things. I don't know if they're necessarily working on the Linux aspect of it, especially not the Linux VR aspect of it, but don't worry, I will be vociferous in the discussion threads and etc. But the bottom line is that once again, well, okay, so so that's the real bottom line. Lots of people are pissed off, lots of people can't get into the game even, like RKSer. I hope he's had more luck today after updating his graphics drivers or whatever the fuck it was and we recommended. Um, but the bottom line is this be patient these guys are working on it it the corollary to that is the same as it always is for Linux especially in this regard because uh, Hello Software has such a stellar record of absolute failure in terms of marketing and publishing their games yeah Hello Games it's so funny in terms of No Man's Sky it's just these this dev team just does not understand you can't push this shit out. I don't know if they don't have anyone who can do quality assurance. I'm not just talking about for Linux. I'm talking about like for Linux, Windows, any system that it runs on. Um, you can't just push this out because then you get three thousand three hundred thirty six. That is in thirty days. That is a hundred negative reviews a day. That is bad if you want to sell video games. Anyway, the bottom line is this. What I know from the track record also of Hello Games is they will fix it. Eventually. They will fix it. I imagine that they are up to their assholes and alligators right now because everyone is so furious and banged for their blood. I don't know if they don't have like a quality assurance team. I don't know if they don't have playtester. It's just amazing to me how this keeps happening to them. But the good news is that it does run 
outside of virtual reality on Linux. It it is buggy and it did hard crash on me last night. It's very bad in a game like this where you save so irregularly, like where like you're in mortal peril so rarely. It was bad. Um but they are working on it. And I would say it's only a matter of time if you don't run Linux. I don't know how the the changes to Linux, because you know, it's it's like now three parts of a chain there. Then you have like, okay, so you got From Software, or, or, or Hello Games making No Man's Sky the update, the Beyond update. Okay, so that's link one number one in the chain. Then you have um, SteamVR constantly updating. That's link well, okay, we'll, we'll leave that out of the chain. So you have Hello Games making this game that's all buggy and fucked up and has performance issues and doesn't talk to graphics cards in Linux or any operating system all that well, it would appear. Then you have Steam itself and Proton. So Proton, that's what we're looking at as link number two. And that is just constantly going through changes and etc. Like there were three updates like in the last three weeks to Proton. In terms of the betas, because four 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 eleven two dropped last week, right? And that was like a week after the yeah. So it's a moving target to hit. It's not like um, but that that goes backwards. Like that that should be adaptive to. I mean, the other way around. Hello Games should be adaptive to or no Proton should be more adapted to Hello Games than Hello Games is adapted to Proton. That's why like they don't have a Linux team. That's why I love Proton because it makes non-Linux games work in Linux. And then finally, for VR to work, you would need Steam VR, which also has its own fucking constant upgrade, updating churn, it would appear like the Valve switch has been thrown, like it gets thrown every, you know, three, every four and a half, every, every five fiscal quarters or whatever, they throw the fucking Valve switch and bam, all the updates! All of a sudden, where it's like, oh, yeah, it's like, you know, like, Rip Van Winkle, like, oh, yeah, I was supposed to be working on this. So, it, it will, I've, I have pretty good confidence, and I've seen glorious things already in, um, in the dimly tuned, uh, two hours of No Man's Sky that I got to play last night. But trust me, this is the biggest release of the year for me if virtual reality, Valve Index virtual reality compatibility comes to No Man's Sky within the next month, you may never see me again, because I will be lost among the stars. And good lord, hopefully Hello Games will not be planning my trip, because they have not even fucking heard of a post-it note. They don't even know what a whiteboard is. They don't, they have never absorbed the true wisdom. Hours of planning, er, weeks of coding can save you hours of planning. Yes, so I will leave on that because I do not want them touching my itinerary. I mean, the moon landing, everyone would have died a hundred times if they had been in charge of the moon landing. Ironic, considering that they've made possibly the greatest space exploration game of all time. Uh, Right now, if you are new to it, I would advise that you pick it up, even in Cripple, even though it is crippled and having problems. 50% off this game does not go on sale that often, and this is a major update. Uh, now through August 21st, 50% off, $29.99, down from 60 bucks, which it will return to uh, after this sale expires. Even if you can't get it to run immediately, I would say buy it and hold on to the license, because it's half off, and this is a timeless game. Although, right now, 
the timeless aspect, it's a toss-up as to whether or not that's the amount of time until it works adequately across, you know, any system for any average end user. And uh, timeless is in the video game or video game hall of fame. I think it's a hall of fame title has the potential. I hope it lives up to it. That'll bring a that'll that's the end of this week's episode. Cheers! Thank you for listening. Um, check us out next week. Check out oh, be sure to check out our Twitch stream. Uh. And uh, join our Discord server and say hi. It's always nice to... Hi, hi there, Mr. Deltoid. Always nice to see new happy faces. And uh, check out the Twitch stream, both for piano, drunken piano madness, stride piano jazz madness, as well as uh, for um, Pavlov VR and other virtual reality games. And uh, this week, a lot of No Man's Sky. One of my favorite games. I wish they could just fucking make it work again. <laughs> Isn't that just the way? Patience. It counsels patience. We could be waiting here forever, though. All right. Catch you next week. Ivar! Now, you listen. Now, you listen. For you're going to be a meek little housewife with horn-rimmed spectacles. And you're going to stay away from men and juke joints and booze and pinball machines. And you're going to wear a skirt and low-heeled shoes. And you're going to wear a girdle. And especially a girdle. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy yaddy. Four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. Good day, Captain. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice. Uh.